Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the Idle Hand Society, a community for creatives. He thinks he's vanished when he covers his eyes. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. I didn't even understand that, but I like it. Hello, good evening, good morning, hi. <laughs> and we're also joined by writer, filmmaker, photographer, and beautiful bald man, Stephen Leslie. Lovely to be here. Thanks for coming. You've recently embarked on a bit of a YouTube kick. Tell us Odyssey. a little bit about a YouTube odyssey. Yeah. Um... Tell well, me why you first. Tell me why you started doing it. What was the drive? What was the driver? There, there, okay, there, there were two distinct uh, drivers or or motivations or whatever you want to call it. Um, one was that I I realised I had so many photo books that I just wasn't looking at properly. I'd, I've got a room full of photography books. And um, I would look at them a couple of times and then they would just sit there gathering dust. And occasionally I would think maybe that one's worth something now. I should try and sell it. Um, and that I thought was quite sad. And, and I, I wasn't very happy with that state of affairs. And then the other thing that happened was that I spent or I spend still, I still do a lot of time on YouTube uh, watching blokes. They're usually like sort of, in their mid twenties talking utter shit about cameras and it's sort of hypnotic and soporific and an utter waste of my life. And I became very, very frustrated and annoyed. And I desperately wanted to find some content on YouTube, which I think, I, I think YouTube's an amazing thing. Um, it's, you know, the most astonishing resource probably ever created, you know, all human life, all, you know, sort of uh, artistic wealth is there, but it's 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 very weirdly hidden, and 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 there's a lot of utter guff up there as well, and and amen. A, a lot of the photography guff is just this endless repetition of people reviewing Contax T3s and and Yashica T4s and Leicas, and just just like this massive circle jerk of wankery about cameras, and and it really really annoyed me. You know, I love cameras. I've got several, and I and I've sold all the best ones. And and you know, but the cameras aren't what photography is about. Photography is about the photographs. And and I was finding less and less stuff about photographs. And I had all these photo books, like I said, that I wasn't doing anything about. And so I thought I would try and do something about my favorite photographers and my favorite photographs. And the other thing. This is the three things now, and it's turning into a rant. So just feel free to, to <laughs> no, shut I love me it. up. I love it. Keep going. Um, but the other thing was that uh, when I did find photography content on YouTube, because obviously there are people talking about photographs and photographers, but they're doing it in a very kind of dry, reverential, sort of vaguely academic way, and I just wanted to have a bit of fun with it. You know, photography is now. 150, 170 years old or however long it is, there's a canon. There, there are, you know, sort of established figures who are so big that they can afford to be prodded and they can afford to be slightly mocked or taken the piss out of or, you know, have, have some fun with because they're big enough. They're either dead and so they're not really going to mind. Yeah. Or they're so huge that me sort of taking the piss every now and again is nothing. It's like a tiny mosquito. So... <laughs> I, I but 
that, that's not to say that what I do is all mocking because it's not. I mean, it's, it's born out of a love of photography. And, no, you, you can know, see that though. I can. See, yeah, I think you, you can yeah. see that. But you I know, just wanted to have a bit of fun, you know, because I think that there is a kind of overly reverential uh, uh, attitude to a lot of photography, and and that perplexes me because a lot of photography is very humorous. A lot of photography, you know, has fun with life. And yet a lot of the way that's treated is in this incredibly serious, you know, sort of stullifying, boring manner. And so that's that's why I started doing this thing called Show and Tell, which is just, you know, every every episode, I just pick a different theme or a different photograph and just ramble about it. As you can tell, rambling comes quite <laughs> easy to me. <laughs> no, it's really interesting. I was going to say, because... Like even in your photography, humor is a big part of it, right? Because you you spend a lot of time looking for humorous. I don't know how how long you spend on the streets, but uh, the, what what I can see from far the world, less now that I've started this YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you <laughs> must be far less. Fuck it, I've never had any time to do that. <laughs> how long does it take you to make a video from start to finish? But let me get sorry, let me get back to the first point. But there's humor in your work, right? That you love humor. Yes, I, I, that's and I think it's probably one of the most difficult things to photograph. I think because it it takes a lot of skill to see it and a lot of skill to actually capture those moments and it's obviously within your personality this 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 humor right and it comes out in your videos that you make and it comes out in the stills that you make yes and, it's uh, a coping strategy <laughs> it's a coping strategy but it is it's you know <laughs> life is I, I was i was wondering how much time do you spend photographing these days are you out quite a lot do you do you still um, yeah i mean you know uh, I, I, I have a theory that that street photography in particular gets harder as you get older. And the reason it gets harder as you get older is, is not because you, 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 you lose the ability to do it. It's just because you have more um, responsibilities. You have more things to do. You know, I've got a kid, I've got a dog, I've got bills, I've got a more, you know, it, it, you have less and less time to actually go out. And if you look at, you know, the street photographers who have a, you know, sort of have a reputation, have a career, so many of them, their best work is their early work because it's mm. when you are young, you have less responsibilities. You could just go out and do stuff and you can be active in the world. And as you get older, you have, you know, it's, it's like if you want to use the analogy of a, of, a, of a donkey and buckaroo, you have more stuff piled on top of you as you get older and eventually <laughs> you just collapse and die. Just and under all the baggage. Yes, exactly. So, you know, so it makes photography harder. So in re that's a rather depressing answer to your question. But <laughs> in, in, in response to your question about how long do I spend out, I mean, I, I try and get out whenever I can. And I absolutely always have a camera on me. Always. Okay. Okay. If I, I feel physically sick if I leave the house without a camera. Because mm. if I leave the house without a camera, I know that's when I'm going to see something. That's when I'm going to see something great. Um, so I always have a camera with me. And, you know, I'm I, but I try to be sort of zen about it now. I've, 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 I've gone through the phase whereby I'm sort of, you know, constantly rushing around like I've got a rocket up my ass trying to find something because I know that that's when you won't find anything. And I know that actually if you can just sort of relax but be ready, then that's when you're most likely to find something. And about the humour thing, I mean, I... It, it, it is very difficult. I, th I think it's comparatively easy to go out and take serious, meaningful photographs or, or, or photos you think are meaningful. Um, you know, anyone can take a depressing photograph. I think it's a lot harder to take 
a funny photograph. It is. And, it I, is. Th- and I think and I think funny photographs aren't taken seriously enough. If that doesn't sound contradictory, <laughs> but it's true though. It's true, and it's, it is true because, because it's such a skill. It's such a skill. It is. Yeah. It, like the I I spent like years out on the streets and like the amount of times I've come across something that's like, I, like I've seen it and it's funny and I'm like oh my god that's making me laugh and, and then being reacting to it and taking a picture like it's this like I, I I I yeah it's hard it's really really hard I, I and you're right people don't yeah. understand because maybe it's because people don't understand right it's, it's a lot of lack of understanding that it's the 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 amount of hours you must spend to pull out those nuggets yeah, and and you know, and and you can be out, and you can honestly think that you're going insane. Yeah, you know, I've yeah, followed yeah. people for hours, you know, <laughs> waiting for for this, this person to do something, and you know, I'm thinking to myself, what am I? I'm like some kind of weird stalker, yes, and then they are. don't do the thing that they, you know, uh, it, what's it's, the time? It, what's the time you can follow someone where it isn't weird? <laughs> there must be an appropriate period of time. I reckon I, hours uh, probably borders into the creepy but like i mean it's probably probably illegal to follow someone for that long i mean i i i don't know i don't know but but, but you know what it's like you, you you'll, yeah, yeah. you'll be out you'll see someone and and you'll think oh maybe and yeah you just maybe we should talk about something else actually because this, this becomes <laughs> yeah i do love it though i anyway. do love that you've got this that the sense of humor that you have do you know what is funny? I, I looked through your stills before I watched any of any of your um, YouTube videos, and you were once I saw the YouTube videos, like your your stills made more sense to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Once I heard you speaking and and saw your sense of humour and watched you tear Richard Avedon a new one for his <laughs> hate against bald men, like I, it, the stills make more sense once you know somebody. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And, you know, I think, I mean, I, I, I teach workshops and, and I do a lot of talks in uh, camera societies and, and things like that. And, and I quite often get people say to me, you know, how can I take photos like you? Or how can I take photos like Bruce Gilden? Or how can I take photos like, you know, sort of Diane Arbus or whatever it is? And, and my overriding answer to anyone, not that I'm comparing myself with either of those two people, <laughs> by the way, is, is that you can't, you, you can only take photos like you and you have to learn how to express yourself through photography you know photography is like um it's it it it, it, if you want to treat it as an art form and a form of self-expression you have to learn how to take your type of photographs you know and i i usually you know much to my son and my wife's annoyance just laugh at everything because i find (laughs) i i try and find humor in 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 life, because it's like I said before, it's it's a coping mechanism. It's 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 a way of getting through it. And so I I look for funny stuff, um, you know. And and that's and 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 I think that you can also take that attitude to photography and and to the kind of pomposity that surrounds a lot of photography. You know, another one of the 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 episodes I did on on YouTube, I had a right go at Gregory Crudson because. <laughs> I don't really like his photography. And, and the more I look at it, the more I don't like it. I, I like it. And, and the reason I don't like it is because there's no humour in it. There's absolutely no humour in it at all. It's, it's, it's so up itself. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, and then you get all these people going, oh, it's so amazing. It's so fantastic. It's, it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's, just, it's just he's got a massive budget and a massive yes. ego. And, massive you know, budget. <laughs> he's got a 
huge budget. He spends like, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. He never presses the shutter himself. He's got a DOP and a lighter. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not photography. It's, it's, it's just wankery. And um, so anyway, anyway, so I'm, I'm doing it again. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> where, where were we? <laughs> Have you learned anything through doing the YouTube never. videos, through the <laughs> workshops? Like, has talking about this stuff a lot more opened up anything to you? Yes. I mean, I'm, I, every single episode of Show and Tell that I make is a learning curve for me. And, and I mean, the, the, uh, this isn't what you meant at all, but I mean, just on a practical level, learning editing has been an absolute nightmare at my age. You know, learning a new <laughs> skill is, is not a good thing. And, and I've sat in on so many edits throughout, you know, because I, I used to make documentaries and, and, and short films. And, and so I've, I've sat in on hundreds of edits but actually to be then put in front of a keyboard and told to edit the bloody thing myself or because I've got no alternative has, has been a huge learning curve. But then also I've learned so much about the history of photography by doing this. I've learned so much about the weird kind of interconnected way that photography, particularly in the 20th century, works. And, and just also about the kind of lives that people in the 20th century had because, you know, a lot of great photography that I tend to sort of hone in on and focus on came out of that incredibly rich period um, between the wars, you know, when, when people, a lot of people fled Europe, went to America, and, and you know, the amount of, of immigrant photographers in America who then went on to produce phenomenal work is, is, is truly astounding. And I, I was slightly ignorant of all that and you know just the way in which the 20th century was the most phenomenally rich melting pot and the most you know the, the, what people went through with with two world wars and and what that did to them and a creative explosion that took place that was captured by photography and by film is, is just amazing you know and, and i think that we're living in a very poor um time in comparison with that and and that also applies to aesthetically I, I think aesthetically we if you go out onto the streets today they look horrible if you go out onto the streets in america in the 1930s and 40s and 50s and 60s they looked amazing yeah, do you think and, that's and, nostalgia though do you think that they at the time i'm sure if you were actually in them and you looked around i i imagine people took those for granted the same way as we do today well i'm, I'm sure they did take them for granted but i think and, and obviously there is an element of nostalgia there. And there's also an element of something I talk about in one of my other films, which is called um, Animoia, which is, you know, nostalgia for a time that you can't personally remember or have experienced. You know, it's a yearning for a previous way of life. And I absolutely, you know, sort of hold my hands up and, and admit that I have Animoia for, for, you know, sort of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s, all times that I couldn't possibly have experienced. Yeah, yeah. But also I do think that, you know, you, you just take one thing, cars. Yeah, Every fucking car now looks the same because they're designed by computers and they're designed mm -hmm. to be as aerodynamically, you know, sort of uh, efficient as possible. And the vast majority of them just look horrible and they all look the same. If you go back and look at cars in the 40s and 50s and 60s, they look amazing because they were designed by human beings and they, they had an aesthetic that, you know, if you put the two things up against each other, like modern cars and cars from the 60s or 70s, you know, it, they, they look 
phenomenal. So I, I don't think that is just nostalgia. Do you think, think, do you th- do you think that this deeper understanding and this research of history and, and, and is going to change your work in some way? Do you think it'll inform... If, or do you think it was always a, in, in your background, you know, this knowledge, and you've never really accessed it in a way to make a video? Or, or do you well, think I, it'll... I, ch- I, I think I've always, you know, I've always read a lot and I've always um, been obsessed with facts and, and <laughs> trivia and, and stories and stuff like that, you know, and and... and when I did a book um, in 2018, you know, I, I did a book that was not just my photographs. I wrote stories based on the photographs because with sparks, right? That was yeah. Sparks. So, so yeah. I, you know, none of my photographs are set up. I'm, I'm a, you know, sort of a, a street photographer, and and I, I would find it very, very wrong to to ever set anything up. So everything I do is candid, and that means that I never know the real backstory. I never know the real history to you know 90 of the images that I take. So, but at the same time, I'm a writer, so I like to to invent and, you know, I've earned a living such as it was as, from being a screenwriter. So I'm always looking for plots and characters and things like that. So in 2018, when I did Sparks, that was a, an attempt to fuse the two elements of, of, of my creative practice, which was taking photographs that I knew nothing about and inventing stories to go with them. What I'm doing now is basically taking other people's photographs and finding out the true stories behind them. And occasionally I'll chuck a few lies in as well, just because <laughs> I, 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 I it's think that it's fun. And, and you know, and also because it, it's not always possible to find out the real story behind an image. You know, quite often the thing that gives images power are their sense of mystery and the sense of ambiguity that, that, that comes out of them. You never really know exactly what's gone on. You know, if you, if you take just pluck an example out of the thin air, if, if you think of that fantastic image by Joel Meyerowitz in Paris of the collapsed man on the floor and there's a bloke sta- standing over him holding a hammer, no one really knows what happened there. Even Meyerowitz doesn't really know exactly what happened there. Yes, he, the bloke wasn't hit by the hammer, but you don't know all the other little stories that go on, you know. So were I to do something about that, I might completely invent something to go with it, or I might try and research it and make it as historically accurate as possible. And and I think a lot of photography's power comes from that ambiguity. And so, you know, show and tell is 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 a way of both educating and also having fun with photography, because, like I said earlier on i don't think people are having as much fun with it as they they could do um and so that's what i'm trying to do whether or not i'm succeeding i have no bloody idea i think you're succeeding if you think about photography and sort of where it came from and and we've kind of been through that golden age where we had some really incredible people really push the boundaries at a certain point and i'm thinking of all the same names that you've been mentioning it feels like now we're at a point where um, I don't know what kind of music you're into, um, but I know that rap music went through this, and I know that the art world kind of went through this as well. Where it's just being good isn't enough anymore because people have seen good, and we've kind of become almost immune to it. You have to be almost bad in a new way. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I feel like that's kind of where we're getting to at the moment with photography. That you you have to be different it's not good enough to just to be good at what you do anymore like there has to be something that stands out as unique 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see what you're saying. And, you know, I, I think that the, the way that I deal with that is by just sort of not really dealing with much modern photography. Um, because, I mean, I, I, I think there is a lot of good photography going on. I think part of the problem now is that there's so much photography happening that it's impossible to filter. It's impossible to, to wrap your head around the sheer enormity of it all. Um, and also because I think that a lot of it, and, and what you were saying before about nostalgia and aesthetics, I think applies to anyone trying to deal with their own contemporaries and their own peers, is it's very difficult to be objective about stuff that's happening right now. You know, I don't think of myself as as, as, as a photography critic that that's not what i'm about i'm i'm far more uh, uh, a sort of interested in the history of photography and trying to make sense of stuff that's that, that's gone before and just trying to sort of reinterpret it in, in in an amusing and interesting way it's a lot harder to do that with contemporary photography a because you run the risk of offending living people um, and especially if those people aren't established enough to be able to take that, you then can get mired down in, in, in God knows what. And I'm, I'm not really interested in that. Also, I, I think that jumping all over the place from, from your original point, but I, I, I think that the point that we're at with photography now is, is we're at a real crossroads because of AI and, you know, digital manipulation and things like that means that I, I, I've never sort of believed that photography equals truth. I think that's a very naive way of looking at photography. But I think that photography always had a relationship to the truth. Um, whereas now we're at the point whereby you can get stuff that looks photographically real that has absolutely no relationship to the truth whatsoever. And mm. I find that scary. And I don't really know how to deal with that. And I don't know what that means for the, the future of photography or the future of image making when you hand everything over to a to a machine then i think that's that's uh a potentially well that that, that that's a different road i mean how how film photography had has had this massive resurgence right so like it's do you i wish think... it bloody wouldn't because i still shoot on film and <laughs> i get expensive and... <laughs> And so I kind of see it. Will people like in twenty years' time be like, "Oh my God, the AI is, you know, what we want a proper photographer again?" You know, like let me, oh, let me use my digital camera. But is 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 it going to get to the point where I mean, it's real. You look at it now, the stuff that the AI is producing, and you think, "Fuck, that's that's quite impressive, right?" It, you look, it looks real. I think. I mean, yeah. there's, uh, there's and imagine some... what's going to be the situation in ten years' time. Yeah, in I twenty know. years' time. I mean, it's it it it. it I think we're on the cusp of a very, very real seismic shift. And I have no idea what that will mean. I'm not clever enough to be able to predict what that will mean. I wonder if this will be a lot like the paint. The painters must have looked at the photographers when that first came along and, and felt the same way. I wonder if it will just be a different medium. Well, I, I think that in a sense it will be. I think in a sense it already is. Because it, it it's not like computer imagery or computer generated imagery hasn't been around for a while already. If you look at things like Pixar and film and stuff like that, you know you you can get amazing uh, effects. I, I think the difference is is that you know the whole thing about photography is that it's 
always meant to have, like I said before, some relationship to the truth, some verisimilitude. And now you, you, we're, we're, we're at the point whereby I can just dream something up, or not even I can just dream something up. A computer can just can just dream something up, but present it as if it looks real. And and that to me means we've crossed a certain Rubicon. We, 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 we've gone over a line and and I don't know what what that means. I, I don't know how to deal with that anymore because I can't then go and find out about that computer's motivations. I can't do the kind of thing that I've done about William Klein or, or anyone else like that because that's not a real person. That's yeah, just yeah. a computer. And, and to me, that's I, I find that quite both scary and sad and you know I'd, I'd rather it was just people going out there into the world taking photos rather than a machine coming up with something through a number of prompts and and soon it won't even need to be prompted you know that's that that's that's the thing that that, that scares me yeah because i've read human. i've read yuval nova harari's book um, sapiens and you know we're basically engineering our own replacements you know that, <laughs> that, it, it, does, it feels thing. like we're doing that though doesn't it well it we, does. are, we are we're, we're because we're the only species that's ever been able to evolve within our own lifetime we've we're we're too clever and, and we've evolved to the point whereby we're we're basically we're making our own replacements and you know the ai imagery is just a tiny tiny percentage of that once the bloody thing achieves you know, full artificial intelligence, it will wake up and it will say, well, why am I tolerating these cunts? You know, they're the <laughs> ones that are destroying the planet. They're the ones that yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, will just be wiped out. Sorry, have, you ever, have you ever tried it? Depressing. Have you ever tried to, to see? I'd love to see what comes up yeah. if, well, if you is, unleash your mind on it. Well, this is what I was going to say, Steve. Maybe you could, because you're a screenwriter, you could write some prompts, really good <laughs> prompts, and create street photos. I wondered what they'd be like. I'd be but, no, I, but I don't want to do that. So I, what I've done, my book, Sparks, and, and I'm doing another one, is, is, is the closest I'm willing to get to that. But, but it, okay. it needs uh, a, a, a starting point in reality. That's that's the whole thing. I, I'll make up a fake backstory for any image. That's fine because that's a that's a collaboration with reality. So yeah. the initial spark is is the photograph that I take, and then I'll write a fictitious compliment to that, and and that I have no problem with. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to entrust everything to a machine. I just don't. That's, that's mm -hmm. just not what floats my boat at all. I just don't want to do that. And you know, now I'm. I know that there'll be a whole generation of 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 you know people. You know, I've I've got a twelve year old son who turns thirteen this year. So to him, he won't have any of those reservations unless I've sort of indoctrinated him enough <laughs> into you know, like we're going to go all Amish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to let him go anywhere near <laughs> anything, you know, like that. But but that, that's not going to happen. He won't have those same reservations. He won't have those same. Um, you know, prejudices, and he might go off and do something like that. I have no idea. But it's not for me. I think, you know, I, like I said, I, I still shoot on film. Would you, would you disown him at that point? No. No, no, no. I, 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 I wouldn't disown him at that point. Well, I say that now. I mean, let's see what he does. It depends how good the thing he comes up with is. Anyway. He's got a high benchmark. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, anyway. How old's your son? He's uh, 12 and a half. Okay. 
So he probably is in that space now where he's starting to think about the way he interacts with the world, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. And, um, yeah, and, you know, it's fascinating to see how that changes over time and, you know, how he regards the world and, you know, watching little bits of his naivety fall away. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he just finds me very, very annoying and embarrassing. Because you know, so, I'm his dad and he's 12 and a half. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're there for. Exactly. Exactly. You know. And uh, yeah, but anyway, let, let, let's move on before we get sucked into raising a child, which is not really good. <laughs> let's not go down that path. No. So what's the next big project for you? I'm yeah, assuming I mean, that the YouTube's going to run alongside whatever you do next, but... I, there's, I'm assuming there's going to be more creative projects coming along the line. What you mean? What am I doing, like outside of YouTube or or on YouTube or both, both on and yeah. off? Maybe you know. Well, I mean, you, I, you, you know, you, you, I, I, I've been a script scriptwriter for the last twenty five years, which is the most thankless fucking task imaginable. Um, <laughs> you know, and I have projects that have been going on literally for decades, trying to get them made, which is a nightmare. So I've got a kids movie about a talking dog who gets lost in India that might or might not happen. I've got um, a film about Lee Bowery, um, Sue Tilly and Lucian Freud that may or may not happen. I've got, I've, I've got loads. I've got another adult romantic comedy about a talking sloth. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, I've got all these bloody ideas. I've got books that I've written. I mean, you know, I've, I've constantly trying to produce stuff uh in a desperate attempt to earn a living um which that's is what I, that's what i was gonna how do you survive in this like yeah it must be like it's, it's difficult even as a you know it's a it's nightmare right it's really really difficult right so it's it's an absolute nightmare i mean i i am now in this the position whereby i can just about scrape a living through photography which is mm -hmm. really do you do, do you do anything else do you do like yeah i don't know other things with your camera other than you know I, I mean commissioned work or do you get any of that crap or well not really because because a because I still shoot on film and, and yeah. so it's it's very difficult to get commissioned work when you shoot on film um, yeah. because you know I, I, I like, like I said I, I, I teach workshops mm -hmm. so um, people who want to learn more about street photography uh, I take them around London and shout at them for an entire day, uh, which people seem to like, weirdly. I mean, it's, it's a strange thing. <laughs> I, I um, think it's... I'm sorry, I was going to interrupt that. We, we've got a... We, wait, he's not really a friend of mine, but I'll tell you... A, so you're friendly with Charlie Kirk, right? You're Charlie? Yes, I know Charlie. So, so a long time ago, maybe five or six years ago, he did a street street photography review of me from of my work and he said basically it was all shit basically that's, yeah, fundamentally, <laughs> that sounds said, like charlie <laughs> he said it's a bit shit he said you know it is a bit shit i'm being <laughs> honest with you <laughs> but i wanted to bring charlie in because i thought that you knew him quite well so yeah does he still take work these days charlie is he still photographing he he basically became well he, he was always a um a banking lawyer was That's, he a banking Which is not rhyming slang. It's just like what his, <laughs> he actually is. And um, so he started photography when he was in Japan as an as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. international banking lawyer and um, took some amazing photographs in Japan. Then he went to Turkey and uh, 
shot during the kind of like not the Arab Spring, but the the, the protests in in Gezi Square and stuff like that, and, and produced a book called Kativa from that. And then I think he basically just sort of had enough with it. Mm. I think he just sort of went back to it. He was sick of not having any money and, mm-hmm. you, you know, sort of how tough it was. And he now does international banking still and plays golf. Mm, nice. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that okay. he's, he's gone back to photography, but I might be wrong. Okay, okay. He might okay. be doing it, um, you know, sort of in secret and just not saying anything about it. But, yeah, but, I mean, he's one the of the most confrontational... But, but Frank, it's really, people it's really, I've ever met. Yeah, but it's really important, I think, having somebody who tells you your shit, because fundamentally you get a lot of voices in the internet world where we say, that's great, that's fab. There's, there are very few people who will maybe be honest with you, is maybe the point. with you know you, Your family won't, definitely. Maybe close friends don't understand it. Yeah. And then so you're reaching out to other photographers who are, maybe they don't even get it either. And I think this, it takes a... A long time to realize that most of the stuff you shoot is a lot of shit, and you have there's there's a few nuggets out there, right? A gold one, good ones, but it takes a long time. And I I really appreciated that, even though it was brutal. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it kind of like yeah, you're right, you're it right. Put you, it put you back on a path, right? Grounding, yeah, grounding. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I I think as with all these things, it, it sort of depends what you're prepared to show other people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can make the mistake of showing people the wrong stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, true. when when you're starting out, you haven't got that much to show, and therefore, you know, and and, and also you're not very experienced, and therefore you might, you know, sort of reveal some stuff that you know maybe you <laughs> should have kept. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. away. Um, a lot of it. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, doing workshops, my abiding. Thing that I tell everyone is just to take fewer photographs because everyone, most of the people who, who I take out are shooting on digital. And, you know, one day a bloke took 800 photographs on the day that I was 800. with him. And, and I was like, you know, I don't, I honestly do not take 800 photographs in a year. And he took, he took 800 photographs in a day. And I was like, what are you going to do? What do you think is going to happen? So I, th- I think there is this kind of, you know, yeah, this kind yeah. of visual diarrhea that we have to deal with at the moment, and it's 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 quite it's it's quite overwhelming. What really what do you is. think of Stephen Shaw's work? Like, I honestly don't board. know. I honestly don't know Stephen Shaw's work that well. Um, he is on my list of of people to to look For, at. Yeah, I was interested to think because he's quite banal, and you know, I was interested in what you thought about it. Really, I was just. Curious. I, I, I honestly am not qualified to, to to comment on it. I mean, I know that you know he did some very interesting early color stuff, um, yeah. and a few bits that I've seen look quite nice. And and I did a um, the last episode of Show and Tell I did was on photographs taken in bathrooms and toilets, and I found a Stephen Shaw photograph taken in a toilet that I okay. almost included. Okay, and then it did, didn't make the final cut. So that's that's about all I can add to the <laughs> okay, Stephen okay. Shaw d- <laughs> fair enough, debate fair enough. at the moment, which I appreciate isn't very. Uh, interesting. That's all right. Uh, what about you, Dan? What do you think about Shaw? I don't really do you know, know enough of his work, Unsure about Shaw. Unsure. Unsure about Shaw. I don't know. I don't know enough of his work. Um, it's it's the most boring answer in the world. But I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, I the am. thing is, I've got a memory of a sieve, right? And. And a head Names. like a pancake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Names just like disappear out of my head. 
So you could show me a, a bunch of his work. I'd be oh yeah, I definitely have seen that. But just placing the two together, I I can't I can't recall enough of his work to be honest. I've discovered okay. through doing these YouTube things that I can't pronounce probably seventy five percent of photographers' names, and and I get comments from people who get very very annoyed with me <laughs> for mispronouncing <laughs> photographers' names. We you, get the same you, comments. It's <laughs> just you, ridiculous. You, you got the photo wrong, didn't you? In one recently, I was watching. You, didn't you? Do you have a photograph of somebody? Yes, you said it was? I, I put up a photo of, of Robert Duazano, and now apparently <laughs> I, I'm not even pronouncing Robert Duazano correctly. I've been told that I'm pronouncing that wrong. So I don't know how I'm meant to pronounce Robert Duazano, but apparently it's not like that. <laughs> I put up a photo of Robert Duazano and said it was William Klein because I found it online labelled as. William, William Klein, Klein and actually what does I know? So right. it, yeah, it's, it's, the internet is a minefield. You can't trust the captions. Can't trust anything. I mean, literally, you cannot trust anything anymore. I'm sounding um, like an eight-year-old grandparent. So what, what's what's coming up next? Are you going to give us any top tips of what's coming up next on your hot YouTube channel? Any um, any any sneak any sneak nuggets? No, because I I, I no because I. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, I'm hopefully going to get on, a little one out. Steven. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because if I tell you, then it will ruin the surprise. No, and, well, and don't also, tell us. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. you. you you're probably, uh, sorry, how long has it taken you to put a video together these days? Like from like start researching it to finishing it out on the internet? Um, once I decide on the the topic, so, so, so what happens is, is that I, I, I've got loads of different, topics that, that I'll, sh I'll show you. Um, you well, see that whiteboard there? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's all the different um, subjects that I've got sort of planned. Um, and so what I do is I just, I've got loads of folders open on my computer. And every time I see something that might fall within that, I just copy it into my folder. And then when I decide on... The subject for the show then it usually takes me a week a full week of of like really like you know early morning to late at night working because i have to i have to write the script i have to record a rough version i then have to edit it together with all the the photographs and then i have to record a, a proper voiceover that fits within the photographs and that takes a week and then i have to edit all that together as well so that takes a full week wait you read all of that from a script yeah i have to how, how's, how's it gonna work i i just assumed it was just you speaking just the way because it seems to flow effortlessly the way you, <laughs> no, you speak it's, on it's, it it's, I, I had no idea it was... it's all scripted i mean it's it's okay some of the bits to camera i veer off Okay. But I know roughly what I'm going to say in each bit. Okay. Otherwise, it would be it would be impossible. But then, yeah. but remember, I I you know I I've made documentaries for a living for the BBC and for Channel Four, so I know sure. how to put a documentary together. Um, but I mean, do you, do you have a, a favorite documentary that you've you've been involved in that you really like? Have you got a, one out there that stands as what that I made? Yeah, that you've been involved in. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've done, I mean, I did a series on um, gambling for BBC Two called Jackpot years and years okay. ago, and I made a film about a um, a couple who raced greyhounds in um, in Leicester, uh, and that was quite funny because we followed a number of different greyhounds, and we managed to follow the one that eventually ended up winning the whole competition. 
So that was a massive gamble in itself. And the people <laughs> who owned the Greyhound were, he was like a self-made millionaire who sold double glazing. And, you know, so I followed them for the, for the entire time. And that, that was, that was very good fun, you know, and, and I made a, a documentary, I made a series called QED and I made a film about um, spontaneous human combustion and um, proving that. <laughs> and I made a. Did you ever see Faking It? The series Faking, Faking it? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I made a film where we took a ballet dancer, a bloke called Casper, who was a ballet dancer, and turned him into a wrestler. And that was <laughs> that was great fun because he's still a friend, um, you know, to this day. And so okay. that was really nice. So you know, documentaries. Are, I mean, I love documentaries. They're they're, they're fantastic things to do. Um, and I probably should have just stayed as a documentary filmmaker, to be honest with you. Yeah. Instead of getting ideas above my station as a as a screenwriter, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, was you always creative was... even as a kid? Um, yes, no. I mean, I, I sort of I started. I mean, I, I always wrote, so I, I used to write terrible poems, and. Um, and then I started writing like little stories and things. But I think photography was the first time probably that I sort of, I realized what you could do. But, I, I, but, but the great thing about photography is, is, is that it can, it, it, it's a lot of, street photography in particular, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but when it works, it's almost effortless. And that's, that's lovely. You know, because a lot of street photography is literally just wandering around waiting for something to happen or trying to, to you know, you can't force it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a lot of it is just being in this state of awareness. And, you know, the fact that I can leave my house one morning, turn right, see something, and it will literally take me, you know, five hundredths of a second to 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 taken the image and I can then be looking at that photo for the rest of my life and people all over the world might like that photo is 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 a phenomenally weird and satisfying and mysterious thing um <laughs> you know writing is is a lot harder in in many respects because you have to sit down at your computer or at your desk or whatever it is every single day and Work at it and work at it and work at it and work at it and work at it, and then you can write the most amazing thing ever written. But if you can't find a publisher to publish that thing, no one will ever read it, or yeah. like four or five people will only ever read it. You know, and and publishing is a very difficult thing to get. You know, I I I've been rejected so many times. It's 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 terrifying. But with photography, you know, now. I can put something up on Instagram and, you know, people all over the world will, will, will see it. And if they like it, then it's, it's, it's a very instant and, and satisfying thing. So I love that aspect of, of photography. Um, you know, there's lots of frustrations involved in it as well. But yeah. at the same time, it's also, you know, and I've, I've met people all over the world through photography. I've got friends. I literally have friends in every corner of the world due to photography and just sharing and talking about it you know so and that that's why you know coming back in a circle to what we started talking about that's why i'm doing this thing on youtube because it's 
I, I really don't want to say I want to give something back because that makes me sound like I, I know I hear you. Like <laughs> but, it's you know it's it's it it's, it's, it, it, it is just I, I think there's a lot of um, ignorance about photographic history, and I would like to try and address some of that ignorance just by saying, you know, if you if you're interested in photography now, you really should have a look at some of these older photographers and some of their work because they were doing it at a time when there wasn't the internet and when there wasn't you know you know when it was a lot lot harder in a way to make a noise with photography because there was it was just so isolated you know people don't really appreciate that at all but you know until the sort of until quite recently street photography in particular just wasn't really taken yeah. seriously at all there are, you know? there's like a few people that got discovered posthumously you know yeah. that that just never, never even nobody what, saw what, anything. Why is that? Why is what? What's what's what? Because there is a little sort of a snobbishness about street photography. If you if you search the internet, there's certain voices that disregard it. And and but what is it? What is it that pisses people off about street? Is it the ethics behind it, or or? or? I, I I think the ethics element has uh, uh, has its part to play. There are some people that just don't think you should be out there taking photographs of people without their permission which you know i think is is, is nonsense <laughs> uh, but you know that, that, that that's fine people are entitled to their opinion i think also there's the whole thing about you know there's there's a snobbish thing about photography to this day that people just think that photography is easy you know mm -hmm. and it's like all you're doing is going out there with a with a with a box that takes photographs and it, that's not really an art form but you know that i think that in itself is based upon ignorance and it's based upon a, a misunderstanding of, of what's going on. Also, I think, you know, that a lot of photographers haven't exactly covered themselves in glory and how they presented themselves or how they presented the, the, the discipline. You know, certain people are quite uh, mouthy and gobby in a way that doesn't help the, 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 the practice, but let's, let, let's not name names. Um, but, <laughs> There's a few, you know, I, I, and I also I think you know it, it's it's also still, despite being nearly two hundred years old, it's still a comparatively young art form, and I think that people are just sort of, you know, also that. Sorry, I've got lots of alsos here, but I I think that because photography has been used in a very commercial way almost since its inception. I think that the, the 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 ability to take it seriously as something beyond just a commercial trapping is 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 quite difficult for some people because you know you use photography to sell you know toilet roll or you use photography to sell hamburgers or you know you use photography and it's just everywhere it's it's difficult to sort of filter out all that noise and look at stuff that is actually artistic and means something and and has a has a deeper meaning because photography is incredibly disposable in in, in, in a way as well especially you know if you look now everyone's got a, a camera on their phone you know the the sheer density of, of photography that, that's being produced all the time is is is, is terrifying you know and yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. back to what you were saying earlier on Dan about how do you you know how do you distinguish with what's new, what's valid, and, and what's worth looking at. Balls off. 
I've, I've managed to bore one of you out of the room. Uh, so. <laughs> That'll be no, no. It's, it's his door rings. His his house is like a depot. <laughs> it's oh, I just, see. It's going all the time. And a cat's come in as well. I can see a cat. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. We've got Mabel. Mabel's joining us. I mean, we've Mabel? probably traded up. To be fair, my dog's asleep on the the, the chair over there. Um, so sh- shall I shut up? No, 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 mate. no, no, no. Or just I'll just carry on. I've forgotten what I was saying now. I've I've, I've gone into a rant. Do you find? That I mean, I've, that, I've that got... I make lots of people leave the room. Yes, <laughs> not at all, Stephen. Not at all. <laughs> Be- between your your writing and your photography, do you find that one recharges the batteries and the other one sort of exhausts them? Um, well, for years, I, I I deliberately kept the two things apart. You know, for, for for years and years and years, photography was always the way that I relaxed and. I had no pressure on myself at all for photography and everything else was, was work, you know, writing was work and, and filmmaking was work. And now there's been a kind of, you know, and then there was, uh, then I did Sparks, which sort of forced the two things to, to, to clash and to come in contact with each other. And now I'm in a weird situation whereby because I'm earning a living from photography, it's more stressful and I don't know whether to say I enjoy it less because I still, when it works, I still really, really enjoy it. But I yeah. think it's harder work now. But I think that might just be getting older and that, like, just like I was saying about responsibilities and other things going on, you know. So at the moment, I don't have much time for writing at all because of the YouTube films just taking up every spare moment. Um, I guess in some respects, so that is writing. It is. No, it is. It, 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 it is very, it has a writing element to it. Um, but it doesn't really have a personal photographic element to it. Do you because... think you'll go back and critique your own stuff? Uh, sorry, how do you mean? Well, in your videos, when you talk about the the backstories behind other people's work, yeah. and, and I know you kind of splice the occasional photo from yourself in there, but it feels like it's really focused on other people's work. Yes. Do you think you'll ever... Switch that focus yourself. to yourself. Uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll occasionally talk about one or two of my own photos, but I think it's also, you know, it, it will be quite self-aggrandizing to do a whole thing on myself. <laughs> and, and, and I go on, you know, Steve, for us. Well, It'd be I mean, funny I, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I, I think it would be. I think it would be hubris of, of, of like monumental proportions. Um, and no, no, I, I mean, every now and again, I'll talk about, you know, in, in the, the, the Christmas one, I did a big thing about the photograph I took in front of the HMV shop because there was a lot for me to talk about there, which was not so much about the quality of the photograph. It was more to do about the, the history of, the, of HMV and, and, and what I felt I could say and use that photograph to say. But I haven't really got many images like that 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 I can sort of dig deep into. And that's not what I'm really interested in either. I'm not really interested in, in blowing smoke up my own ass. It's, it's more about, um, although that is fun, not, <laughs> not as an actual... <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, you need a whole setup with a pipe and, and it's, you know, yeah, it's yeah. quiet. Anyway, um, yeah, moving on. Um... I was going to say something, and I lost my train of thought. That was bummer. 
But what, what did you end in? What was the last bit you said? Blowing the smoke last... up my own ass. No, before the smoke up your ass, you, I was going to come and sell it. <laughs> I don't know. talking about my, would I talk about my own photographs oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd said not really oh yeah maybe you could do like the, the the honest photo review like you just basically put on a load of photographers who are on Instagram with their great street photography and you could just rip them to shreds for an hour that would well be quite I, fun. I mean I, I do have an idea for an episode that does something a bit like that but I'm not going to tell you any more about it because I don't. I, want I to love do the. It. That's already exciting. <laughs> I think the difficulty I, is like Stephen. You kind of touched on this earlier. People are really sensitive, and I feel like if you start okay. going across Instagram and, <laughs> and and pulling things off and just being like, "Let me tell you why I think this is a bit shit." I no, like, it's, it's, that way. It's, it's gonna it's gonna upset people. <laughs> you know will. what I mean? No, I I mean I do have I I do have an idea about how to do that. And, yeah, I, I'm excited, and and I have thought about it, and and I know it will work. It just it it's just a lot of work, and and you know the 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 problem that I've got at the moment with with, with the YouTube things is that they they do take a huge amount of time for me to find all these photos, and now I also have to sort of I'm, I'm getting quite paranoid about wrongly attributing photos and and, <laughs> and 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 wrongly pronouncing names and you know so so it, they're, they're just fraught with 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 work and effort but um i'm gonna give this whole thing about a year and just see what happens basically um mm. just to see if if i can get it sort of going Properly. I think you should be. I mean, honestly, and this is truthful. I'm going to tell you this on air. I think it's brilliant. It's fantastic. There's nothing else like it. And I Thank think, you. like, and I know it's, it's like, I, I appreciate the effort because I've done a bit of a video and I know the effort to edit in and the the writing and all of all of the bits that make it. Like, it's not just you turn up and make a video. It takes a lot of time. And I think people need to appreciate mm. how much how much time that takes because it is. It's a ball ache. It's a bitch. Oh. You know? And it, you Jesus. want to... You want to kill yourself by the end of it, right? And just and like, finding like good quality images as well. Like you know, people upload such shitty images onto the web, <laughs> and, like, and then I try and steal them, and then I can't use them because they're not good enough quality. Oh, so they should have thought know, about this. This is very inconsiderate of them. It's shocking. It's absolutely it shocking. Do you know the one that I really struggled with? We did one video for YouTube, and when we were looking at it back, the thing that it, it wasn't like the pulling in other images or anything like that that upset me. It was just looking at myself and thinking, what am I doing with my face? <laughs> yeah, what am I doing with my hands and my ears? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like, I, my weird tics. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, the, the, first, the first one I did was about bald people in street photography. And, you know, as a bald person who takes street photographs, it was awful to have to make because for the entire time... And also... As you can see, the light, I've got a south-facing room and the light just comes in and bounces off my head. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's just shocking. Oh, can we ask you this question? What's one tiny thing that brings you joy? Daniel, you, 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 can we give Daniel, you can go first because you've got a list of you, Dan. Give him uh, an example. Yeah, do you want to, shall we go dealer's <laughs> choice? Oh, go on then. So one tiny thing that brings you joy, it could be literally anything. I've I, I wrote a list. Um, choose a number. Anything between nice. 1 and 22. 17. 17. Strong choice. Put in a naughty splash of spiced rum in your hot chocolate when it's cold. That, that nice. brings me joy. Very nice. Okay. Steve, what? Uh, new socks? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> um, what brings me joy? The dog. The dog. Okay. What dog, dog have is, you got? I've got a golden doodle. A golden doodle. Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Let's see your dog. It's important for the podcast. Oh, look at your golden it's, doodle. Mox. What's your dog called? Moxie. Moxie. Hi, Moxie. <laughs> She's beautiful. He? Beautiful. She. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. I, I basically, I always wanted a dog. My parents wouldn't let me have a dog. I volunteered at the RSPCA from the age of 15 to muck out dogs. And um, I had to wait until I was 48 before we got a dog. 48, mate. Yeah. And now I've got a dog and it's it's every bit as fantastic as I ever hoped and more. They're amazing, the aren't they? Dog brings me constant joy. Constant, and constant frustration and annoyance. <laughs> yes, me too, me too. My dog's got a habit of weeing at the bottom of the stairs every night at the moment. That brings you joy, right? When Lenny <laughs> just kisses down I like the, the dog's pissed again. <laughs> Sorry, your, dog, your dog's called Leonard. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and I got a cockapoo called Leonard. <laughs> he's he's 13 now. He's got a bit of arthritis, love him. What? And he woke up... Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Why? Why Leonard? Um, named after Leonard Cohen. <laughs> the wife likes Leonard Cohen, yes. She's a big Leonard your Cohen do- fan. Your cockapoo is named after Leonard Cohen. <laughs> yes. Looks That's a little fantastic. bit like him as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know where Leonard... I think Leonard's in, out in the garden with the, with the wife. Pissing. <laughs> Pissing. Pissing <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> there's, the only, there's only so many... T- like, you can do it the first time. You think, oh, all right, Leonard. And then the second time, you're like, oh, all right, Leonard. I'm going to make sure I take you out... 10.30 tonight, and I walk the street for like 20 minutes in the freezing cold. That was quite good for taking pictures in, in through people's windows like that time of night. You see some weird stuff. <laughs> okay. Not, not that weird. Yeah, but just, no, 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 just, I didn't fine. mean it like that. I've, that's I've, totally, I've that's taken pictures wrong. through people's windows. Before, I was going right. to say, I've definitely seen one of Stephen's projects where he's shooting through <laughs> people's windows. That was your <laughs> lockdown thing, right? Yeah, I've got a whole sequence of photos through one bloke's window that I've never shown, which I might put up on Instagram soon. Yes, like, yes, Steve. But, uh, yeah. How is it? It's difficult, isn't it? Like, imagine being that guy and he's suddenly like, holy shit, this guy's been stalking me for, for an age. <laughs> for years. <laughs> Forever. Um, It'd be kind of uh, flattering as well, though, right? Well, I would hope so, but he might think differently. <laughs> yeah, he might. He might. There's that danger. Yeah, but the likelihood of him seeing them is quite... Yeah, it's quite really minimal, right? It's like... Yeah. It's like yeah. Yeah. I haven't been sued yet. Have you ever been hit? I've been hit once by a woman in her mid-70s. <laughs> okay. And, Have you ever uh, been hit, Dan? No. Okay. No, never. But, I mean, I know people that get hit all the time. I know someone who got knocked out. Really? Yeah. I don't know anybody who's been physically hitting myself. I got, I got dragged by the... This guy pulled the camera off my neck, and that was about as far as I got. Really? That's it. Yeah. I've been I've been threatened and I've been shouted at. Um but I've only been hit once. But I know people that use flash who tend to go out like late at night in central London. Charlie, you know, who you mentioned before. Yeah. Charlie's been hit, definitely, because I mean he the whole way he works, his whole practice is confrontational. Mine is not confrontational. Yeah. So, you know, but then that, that comes to what I was talking about much, much earlier on about how it's an expression of your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, if, but it takes a while a comp- to understand that, right? That it yeah, is Bruce, Bruce Gilden has made an entire career 
out of being confrontational. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a fantastic photographer, but, but he's also quite thing, punchable, right? Yeah. But, but you apparently, think... you know, people who know him say, actually, underneath it all, he's really, he's really quite a pussycat. But his whole persona is, is based on that. this kind of I... New York tough... Yeah. You, you uh, when, know, and, and that's how it, and that's what works for him. So you know, but when you get into street photography, up. when you get into street photography, I've talked about this before. It, he's one of the first things you come across, Bruce Gilden, maybe because of his. For me, it was anyway. When I was looking in, I started very early, early, and and I think maybe it can sometimes you think, or maybe that's how you should shoot, like I did, maybe for a bit. Like it was like it, it tricks you into thinking, you know, all street photography should be taken this way. It's kind of like a. a a false positive, in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's I, I think there's truth in that, that. That you know, sometimes the people that shout the loudest, you know, get the most attention and 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 get the most, you know, to, uh, and their shadow is is is, is quite large. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gildan's probably one of the best known names in street photography. A because he's still out there doing it, doing it, mm-hmm. even though he's doing it in quite a different way now. Um, and he's got such a massive archive. You know, I think only a few years ago there was a whole book, was it Lost and Found or Lost and Found, you know, which was yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah, that, yeah. you know, so he's, and he's been quite good at keeping his his presence alive. You know, so he's he's got a very loud voice. And he's got some than fucking one. amazing work too, right? No, he has. I mean, you know, I, I, for, not for one second would I say that he's not a good street photographer. He's an amazing street yeah, photographer. He's but he's only one way of how you Doing can it. do it. And right. there's a lot of people out there who are more subtle and quieter, whose work is more subtle and quieter, but is just as valid. But they don't make as big as an impression because they go about it in a totally different way. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a very broad church street photography. There's lots of different ways of doing it. But it's just unfortunate that, like you say, people, when they tend to think about it, think that it is a kind of confrontational thing where it's actually, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's I'd totally much not. rather be in and out without anyone noticing and sort of off doing something else by the time they realise what I've done. Sorry, somebody's at my door again. This is annoying. No worries. <laughs> no worries, Paul. Amazon. I mean, I don't really, the more I think about street photography, the, the less I understand what it is. Like, I, I couldn't define it. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what, what is it? And I don't really know. Just any photograph that you take that is candid and spontaneous. I, th- I think the spontaneity aspect of it is, is, is increasingly to me what makes it street. So, you know, you could take it. I mean, location is... is is completely and utterly insignificant. You could take a street photograph inside. You could take a street photograph, you know, sort of outside. You could take a street photograph in the countryside. It doesn't really matter where you are. But I think it's the, it's, it, it's the spontaneity of it, to me, that, 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 that really um, pins it down. You know, so much of photography, especially like studio photography or, um, you know, sort of portrait photography has to be, thought through, maybe lit, you know, maybe planned in a way. Whereas street photography is all about doing something on the fly and reacting to what's going on around you. Um, And that's 
you know, and, and so it's an attempt to capture life. In fact, so Walker Evans, who um, is is proving to be more and more interesting the more I, I find out about him, who, you know, was uh, an American photographer who did the, um, he, he went out uh, during the Depression in the 1930s and did um, Let Us Now Praise Famous Men with James Aggie and people like that. But he said, the matter of art in photography may come down to this. It is the capture and projection of the delights of seeing. And I love that. I think that's, you know, it's, it's about the delight of seeing. It's, you know, photography should be really, I think, and street in particular, just like a celebration of life. It's, you go out there and you just see something and you take a photograph of it and, and you've got, you've then got that thing in some way or another for, for the rest of your life. And that's, that's magic, isn't it? It is. I, I totally agree. The one thing that I struggle with, though, is is the separation between, you know, street photography, whatever that means, and, and all the other types of photography, even the candid stuff. Like, as an example, street portraiture is yes. something that has interested me more and more as I've got a little bit older. And yeah. not knowing where that sits is is a bit of a funny one. Some people will say, oh, that's definitely street photography. I mean, Walker Evans has some great portraits right yeah and then other people were just like no that's a completely separate discipline even if you are just interacting with these random people you meet on the street i, I think it's just a branch of so i think you know it's there's like a fork and 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 it's 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 very very similar you know it, 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 it if i walk down the street and i take a photograph of someone without asking them and without interacting with them mm but they are sort of standing relatively still and I just stop and do that. There's no way of telling whether that's different from whether I were to stop, ask that person, can I take your photograph? They say yes, and I'm quick enough to get it so it looks like it's not posed. I mean, you're then relying on the photographer to, to provide you with the information as to which branch of, of street photography that might fall into. You know, if you look at a lot of the work of, say, someone like Diane Arbus or Vivian Mayer or, you know, sort of even like Niall McDermott who working today is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Niall's work's brilliant. You know, Niall's fantastic. But Niall sort of dips his toe into either he does formal street portraits where he asks people, but he also does stuff where he doesn't ask people. You know, now, <laughs> I don't know how you're meant to evaluate or how you're meant to classify the difference between the two types of work he does. It's both him going out. He never knows who he's going to photograph before he goes out there. It's just sometimes he he wants to get a certain, you know, he, he'll want to get a certain yeah. background. You know, background mm -hmm. in, in his work is very important because of his use of colour. And if he wants to move someone slightly to the left or slightly to the right, he's going to get a different thing. Now, that's not strictly street. I understand that because street is meant to be completely spontaneous and without any collusion between subject and, and photographer. But does it make it more or less valid? I don't know. No, it's, I don't think very it difficult. does. It's a I've, kind of, I've kind of given up on the whole idea of trying to label any of it. I just, I, I think I'm, I'm now in a place where I'm just going to make my work and, you know, I, I'm working in the medium of photography and whatever comes out, comes out. I, I'm kind of done with trying to work out where it fits, if that makes sense. It does, but at the same time, I think that there's there is it, it is important in a way within street for there to be certain barriers and definitions and certain 
level of honesty because if you're just talking about portraits i i really haven't got a problem one way or the other whether it's whether you think of something as being street and a portrait or a street portrait or whatever but the manipulation of a a scene to be then perceived as something that is candid I, oh, that I would that yeah. I would have a problem with. Yeah. 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 You know, and 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 so there are lines and 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 there are things that I think you sh- absolutely shouldn't do. I don't like composites, you know, where people have, have you know used the computer and made because I I just think that's that's not dishonest, that, that that's the wrong word, but just a bit lazy. Well not lazy because it can be a very, very hard difficult thing to do and it can require a hell of a lot of work i mean that the, the beauty of street photography is is that it needs to be real it needs to be organic and i think that if you try and construct that and or if you try and fake it then that's that's a real shame um but then one of the things i have discovered through doing a lot of the the youtube films is that quite a lot of photographs that you would think weren't setups is the wrong word but weren't made with any kind of collaboration between photographer and and subject actually are and mm-hmm. you know but the thing is that over time that those facts get worn down and rubbed away and you don't appreciate them anymore but you know quite a few of Elliot Erwitt shots quite a few of William Klein shots people like things like that they are, you know, they've said, would you just hold it there or whatever? And I think that sometimes, you know, that, that a, a, a photograph is, is, is a, it, it only happens if a photographer is there to take the photograph in the first place. Yeah. Sometimes the fact that the photographer is there will influence the photograph. And there's, you know, but the thing wouldn't exist without the f- photographer being there and without taking the camera and, or, or getting the person to do something. Now, that, I'm not saying... Is it, these, is it these blurred lines that we like, though? Is it? It's, it's kind of this mysterious thing again, isn't it? It's, it's like well, yeah. this ambiguity, I mean, and and sometimes they're lines and and they're details that you can reveal, and sometimes you'll never be able to reveal them or reveal or find the truth out anyway. You know, and, and that that's just the way it is. Ultimately, well, the only thing that really matters is whether or not you like it, right? That's. I mean, we could wax lyrical forever about how candid it is or whether or not the person asked them to gesture again or or move them slightly to the left or to the right to get the different background colors but whether or not you like it is really all that matters yeah absolutely and you know and and 99 times out of 100 you'll never know what's gone on behind the 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 scenes at all the only thing you'll ever see is is the image and you know it's it's it, it, it's the aesthetics of that image that the, the that are the things that count, and and that's that's what people take away. They they don't sort of look at something and say, "Oh, I wish he hadn't done that" or whatever. You know, but 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 at the same time, I think that if 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 you know something has a kind of purity to it, yeah, then it also adds to and enhances an image. Um, and mm. that's you know, I think what everyone who goes out to take a photograph on the street would love. For something to just happen for them to capture it, and it has that kind of simplicity, that kind of honesty, um, honesty to it. But yeah. you know, sometimes that's not possible. 
you know, and, and if that's the case, then sod it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. The stuff that you're doing on YouTube, honestly, mate, I think it's, it's needed. There aren't many people out there that are doing anything in that lane. And I, I think it's really important stuff. So keep it up. Thank mate. you. I intend to. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, actually, despite all my moaning about it, it is actually very good fun. It's got to be rewarding, right, as well? Yeah. Is yeah, there, um, nice. Is there anyone else on YouTube that you're watching that kind of lives in that lane for you? Because no, <laughs> there's no, nobody I mean, else. He's the only one, motherfucker. But that's that's <laughs> sort of, that is that is really one of the reasons why I did it. Because if there was other stuff like it, then I would consider it a either treading on someone else's toes or superfluous. You know, I mean, I, I, I've seen a few things that Alex Sop has done, and yeah. you know, which is him and his remarkable collection of books. And you know that that that's quite nice, uh, yeah. but it's not. Um, it's quite dour, though, isn't he? He's quite he's quite like, you know, in his own way, he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, no he's got you know, he's got his shtick just as I've got my shtick, yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, but again, you know, he's one of these people that is phenomenally successful, and you, you, you like Alex's work. I like some of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like some of it. Um, I don't know all of it, so I yeah. I couldn't say. With any kind of authority, what no, I but you thought, can what you've seen you like or you know yeah some some of it I, I, some of it I like a lot and I I do admire his range I think he's he's not someone that you could pigeonhole as only doing a certain thing mm -hmm. but um, you know I I don't think he's doing it in the same way that I'm doing it no um, no everyone's got different. their own spin right there's yeah. another guy his name's Dan Milner. His videos are a little bit in that lane. Uh, obviously, nobody's quite got the same voice as anybody else, which is, you know, what makes this stuff, you, that's what makes it watchable and beautiful, right, as you see people's personality shine through. But Dan Milner's stuff is really interesting. Um, he might what, is called, it about historical photographs or is it about... It can be sometimes, but a lot of it is just about his profession within the, the photographic industry. Um, they're just things that he's learned. And his storytelling is incredible. The way he speaks is... I, I find him really fascinating, actually. Yeah, okay. I, I honestly haven't seen any of his stuff, so no, I, I don't... Either. I can't. I'll, I'll have a look. Um, and then I'll either hate him or rip him off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know no, what you think, man. Yeah, yes. I, I really like it. I really like it. Okay, we're really going cool. to gonna, gonna show to as many, to as, many as our three, three listeners, Dan, about, about Stephen's... <laughs> Video, so you'll have at least another three people. At least another three. Thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I like I like Jeff Dyer, but Jeff Dyer doesn't do anything on YouTube. No, and I think that I also the other thing is that I think that you know Jeff Dyer isn't a photographer, and mm. so he 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 talks a lot about photography, but he's not a photographer, and and I think that that's um, that's a limitation with what he does. Mm. Is that and and. This comes, and even though Jeff Dyer isn't an academic, some of his, his the way he interprets photography can come across as very academic. Yeah, and I, I'm not an academic. You know, I, I, I was, well, that's, that's I, I did an MA in film studies, and I hated it. Do you have any books on photography that that you like that that are readable in that non-academic way that, that that you thought, oh, that that's taught me something about photography that I didn't know before. Like in, um, in a not sort of Sontag, sort of Dyer-esque. That's, that's a question, I suppose. 
mean, I, I think I occasionally will read introductions and things to photography books that I find interesting. But I think the main things that I've found to be useful like that have just been watching talks and reading interviews with actual photographers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look online, you can find somewhere. Jeff Mermelstein gave a talk to, I think it was the San Francisco Street Photography Festival about four or five years ago. And that I thought was the most amazing thing I've seen in years. I mean, it was just, it was just brilliant. And, you know, and there's Gary Winogrand talks that are out there that you can see. In the very first film I did on uh, bald men in street photography, there's an amazing clip from a bloke called Chuck Kelton, who's a master printer, who was Louis Fora's printer. And he talks about working with Louis Fora. And, you know, so this is what I mean when I talked earlier about YouTube being an amazing resource, is that, you know, there are astonishing things out there. But I think the vast majority of the things that have always inspired me and and that I've learned from have been people who've actually done it. Yeah. Talking about how they've done it. I'd much rather, I'd much rather hear, you know, from Bruce Davidson talking about how he, you know, spent time living with a gang or how he spent time riding the, 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 the subway to make those amazing photographs than I would read some academic's interpretation of those photographs. And, mm. you know, a lot of famous photographers have done these things and they're out there, but they just don't get seen. They don't get, you know, they're just lost in the vast noise and fuzz of, of, of everyday life because there's so much stuff. Um, I did that little film on William Klein a little while back. And William Klein did a whole series called Contacts where he went through other photographers' contact sheets and talked about them. And that's brilliant. And that's mm. up on YouTube if you have a dig oh, around. Oh, I need to find it. that. That's yeah, right amazing. In my name. It's fantastic. You know, he, he goes to Elliot Erwitt and Elliot Erwitt talks him through a contact sheet. And it's, I mean, it's brilliant. I, I, if, if you remind me, I can find the link because it's really mm. hidden. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fantastic. But I want to see William, that. William Klein contacts. He made about thirteen or fourteen of them, and they're brilliant. You know, he went to Kudelka and people like that. I mean, they're they're, they're really really great. I um, saw one the other day that I really liked. There's this guy. Um, I, to be honest, with you, I don't think I've watched a bunch of the videos he puts out, but um, there's a bloke named Paulie B. I think he's a New Yorker, but he does. Oh, these well, he things. does walks with people. He does walks, he? but now so he did one Ruben he did. Radding and people like that recently. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but the one I saw the other day was Andre uh, Andre Wagner. Yeah. Oh my god, it was incredible! Like the the way that Andre thinks, it's just yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. I think it was like twenty minutes long. And what's his name? Uh, Paulie B and Paul. Andre D Wagner Paulie. was the guy that he did a walk around. But they're just they, they're literally just walking around the streets and just having a chat. And it was yeah. it was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, but, no, I, I need to catch up on some of those, but I know I know what you're talking about. I mean, I think you know, I think this is the thing. I think there are, there is interesting stuff going on out there yeah. but then there's such a like an avalanche of people just spouting the same yeah. old guff about do you want to see that... more pictures taken on oh, 400 Jesus. it's like mate we sent enough stop or you know sort of what are they gonna what's the, the successor to the fuji x100v gonna be in <laughs> when's it coming oh i mean <laughs> who cares jesus christ i gotta give a it's gonna be irrelevant fuck. in five years it's gonna be all these cameras are the same they're yeah. all the same you know yeah. and 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 the thing that really sort of that i that i that i'm appreciate more and more 
by doing these films is that you know a lot of the masters or, or the, the the older um photographers they literally they had a camera that could do fuck all you know literally you could control the shutter speed the aperture and, focus. And, and how big the lens is and that's about it you know and, or the speed of the and, and yet they came up with the most amazing photographs yeah. and now there's such an obsession about you know, will it have inbuilt IBS or whatever? It's not IBS. IBS, IBS is, is, is irritable bowel syndrome. It's like a 53-year-old man. Yeah. Um, you know, will it have this or will it have that? You know, what will it have ISO of 400,000 or whatever? Like, this is, you know, it's such an irrelevance. It's all just capitalism just and marketing. Yeah, more, more, more stuff, stuff, just, stuff, right? We need yeah. more stuff. I need a new... It's like yeah, what are you going to do with it? That's all it matters. Exactly. You know, it's. are you going to be able to take a photo that's as good as anything by Ernst Haas? No, you're not. No. And what no. was he doing it with? You know, he was using really comparatively basic cameras. You know, it's, it, 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 it's such a, a, a distraction. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. It's I'm everywhere. right there with you. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah, we, we've been banging that drum since our first episode, and it's just, I just, it's just so exhausting listening it's, to people talk about this stuff. Is just so exhausting. And unboxing, fuck me, if I was oh, yeah. unboxing, it's just, yeah, it's, I, just, I hate it. And Can it you gets... believe that unboxing videos exist? It's, it's, it's unbelievable, right? Oh, isn't and it? And the only probably... unboxing video I want to see is someone taking a pizza out of a box and eating it. <laughs> that's, that's the only one I want to see. I couldn't care less about anything else. It's just like, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. It's, okay. It's, anyway. Let, let's get chatting about something that you actually... <laughs> doesn't make you want to rage Something quit. doesn't make me furious. <laughs> off, off YouTube. <laughs> Have you got uh, a shout out for us? So this could be anything at all, anything what, that you're of, enjoying. Of anything. Anything creative. Anything um, creative. So my my wife is a film critic, so I watch a Mm. huge amount of films. um, And so I can talk about films like Till the Cows Come Home Mm. and and, like good films. But recently, because we have to watch so many films, we've been trying to have an antidote to them. So we've been re-watching The Sopranos, which... Mm, That's amazing. My God. I mean, I've watched it all once already, and now we're on series three, and we've just seen episode where Paulie and Christopher get lost in the woods after trying to shoot a Russian, and it's just... It's that is just, one of the best episodes as well. It's, it's just fucking great. It's absolutely superb. So I definitely, I would shout out to The Sopranos. Everyone should yeah. watch it and re-watch it. If, if they've watched it once already, watch it again, because you forget so much, and it's just... And James Gandolfini is, is is peerless, and you know it was it's one of the best performances ever. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say to that. Um, books. George Saunders is a genius, and he's got a new collection of uh, short stories out called Liberation Day, which okay. is absolutely fantastic. But Tenth of December, which is the previous one, uh, Lincoln and the Bardo, Civil War Land and Bad Decline, all stuff like that. Read George Saunders; it'll change the way you think forever. Okay. Um, Films, I would say, uh, Mandibles and Ooh. Deerskin, Ooh. both by a French director called. Um, oh Jesus! I've not heard of either thing. of these. Oh, honestly, honestly. So the brilliant thing about him is that um, his uh, his films are short, and when you watch as many films as we do, a short film is a is a joy, like a, like a gem. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I think most of these films are um, like 90 minutes long and they are just brilliant. So hang on a second, I'll tell you his name. So he was the bloke. Can you remember Flat Eric in the, yeah. the 1990s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Mr. Wazoo. Mr. Wazoo. So Mr. Wazoo <laughs> is actually now a filmmaker. Ah, the puppet. He just went yeah. on for a second career. No, but he's, he, he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his name is, hang on a second, Quentin Dupuis. Or Dupuis, I probably pronounce it wrong because I do pronounce everyone's name wrong. But he's, yeah, he's done a film called Mandibles and a film called Deerskin and loads of others, but those two are just brilliant. The Mandibles is about two stoners who find an enormous fly, like a giant fly, called Grand Bouche. And, um, and much hilarity ensues. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> okay, sounds so, great. So I would definitely say nice. uh, that. Um, photography? Do you want me to give a shout out to yeah, the photographer? Yeah, go, go for your life. We're getting, we're getting the treat here. We normally just get um, one shout out, but this is amazing. Paul Russell yeah, is cool. a British street photographer, very much you know, traditional, in the tradition of uh, Tony Ray Jones and Martin Parr or whatever, but he's absolutely fantastic. And he's got a, he's got a zine coming out with Bump Books um, soon. So usually his photographs are taken in Worthing. He lives in Worthing and they're sort of seaside things, but he's been doing day trips to London for the last 20 years or whatever. And Bump, who I think are a really fantastic uh, little zine publishers uh, run by David Solomons, who himself is a fantastic street photographer. They've got a book out now by Aaron Berger, which is a brilliant um, book about Aaron Berger's been taking photographs of families on the streets in New York, which is actually a very brave thing to do because you're taking photographs of other people's kids, which is, you know, a Mm. whole ethical minefield. But anyway, so he's got one out now, but Paul Russell has got one coming out about London day trips, uh, which will be out in the next month or so. And uh, I, I think everything that Bump does is really, really good. I did three zines with him like years back, but they've just gone from strength to strength. And David's doing a really good thing by publishing all of these. You know, it just gives street photographers an opportunity to get projects out there and to see stuff in print, which is really important. Yeah, that can nice. be so hard. Yeah, it's, it's just a nice thing to have, you know. Um, so I would definitely say Paul's work. Um, I mean, look at his website. There's loads of stuff up there, but he'll be having a bump zine out in the next month or so. And mm. I would heartily recommend everyone to have a look at that. And uh, music. Should we do music? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah let's Come go. on, come on, come on. Let's get a full house. Um, God mm. almighty, what I've been listening to. As ever, I've been listening to a lot of Bowie because I love Bowie. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Aphex Twin because I love the Aphex Twin and uh, a reggae track that was recommended by the late great Terry Hall, which is called Ali Baba by John Holt. Which I recognize the name John Holt. I John Holt, the track. It's it's absolutely fantastic, and I think John Holt had a, a an album out called something like Twenty Thousand Volts of Holt. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that but anyway he's got the most fantastic voice and this song Ali Baba is, is just magnificent so there you go there's wow, music we. what a that's, treat that's a thank you yeah there we go that's, that's you, all man. I've got I'm exhausted now no you mate <laughs> honestly round of applause that was that was good 
I don't think I could have magic that much stuff off the top of my head. I've only got one. Yeah, me Paul. too. I've only got one. Paul, do you want to go, go first? first? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm going, I'm going uh, a little music this week, something called Maps. And um, a guy called Maps. James. Maps, yeah, M-A-P-S. Okay. It's, if you like Apex Twins, you might like this, actually. Yeah. And it's a, uh, James Chapman. It's just a guy on his own. And it's just really, the song is called Witchy Feel. Witchy Feel. It's really good. It's a bit electronic-y. Um, Instrumental, no voices, which is great. I, I kind of, you know, it's yeah. good. You like it? Don't approve of voices. <laughs> I have enough voices in my head. No light voices. The voices in my head. Yeah. Where we were. Enough. And Leonard Cohen, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cohen, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. What about you, Dan? Um, I've got more music. So mine's a record by a band called Hundreds. Um, I think okay. they're from Berlin. And the record is a bit of an older one. It's called Wilderness. Paul, this is properly in your lane. 100% you need to give this a listen. It's, I think it's technically pop, but it kind of lives... It's, it's got that electronic-y thing going on, but it's really good. Mm. And it feels almost like... Uh, what are those albums called where everything kind of bleeds into each other? Like, um, I can't remember. Concept albums? It feels almost like a concept album. Like, all the, all the tracks lead into one another and stuff. It's so well thought out, and the music, the, the songwriting is incredible. There's so many textures through the tracks and stuff. It's just, I'm, I can't stop listening to it. It's been on repeat, okay. basically, for two weeks, which is hundreds. unlike me. And I'm what's normally, that? Uh, the Wilderness. band's called Hundreds, yeah. and the record is called Wilderness. Okay. Really good. Mm, nice. Really good. Nice, Dan. Nice, Dan. Where can people keep up to date with the the latest and most recent um, stuff that you're well, up just, to? The, the main best thing to do is just to either go to my Instagram, which is step hen les lie. All with underscores, is, right? All with underscores. Or just go to YouTube and just, if you type in my name, so Stephen Leslie, P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-S-L-I-E, and then just look for either show and tell or just bald street photographer and, and you'll find me. <laughs> bald, beautiful street photographer. No, no, just bald. Absolutely. Beautiful will just confuse everything. Um, <laughs> bald street photographer on YouTube and you can see the thing there and, and subscribe. And uh, I try and do a new one, I mean, roughly every week or so, but there's no real there's sort no of timetable to no it. Pressure. It's just when I get the chance to do it. But I am going to try and get a quick one out by the end of this week. Um, although this has overrun a little bit now, so you've, you're Sorry. eating into my time. <laughs> Apologies. Let's get you off as quick you're, as possible. You're building me now, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep up to date with all of our latest news uh, on Instagram at Idle Hand Society. We'll try and put link uh, as much of this stuff as we can uh, in the show notes and on our website. Um, and we'll be back again in a few weeks with another episode. Maybe we'll finally get Mr. Pryor on. Who knows? Um, until then, catch you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me.